Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Lower Education. I'm your host, Matt Schnowski, and I'm joined by the always super handsome and just somehow very sweaty at the same time, Rob Thompson. That comment hit a little too deep. Yeah, that's that's probably, I I would like to think, I wouldn't like to think, I'd like to think the first part of it is what my girlfriend would say, but I'm pretty sure my girlfriend would agree with that entire sentence, handsome and sweaty. Um, I don't know what your sweating levels look like, but... Unreal. It's it's preposterous. I I think we talked about it. We talked about it on on an older podcast of like whenever we went to freshman year of college when I gained 35 pounds. That's kind of when the sweating started, and I thought that dropping all that weight would allow me to stop sweating. But even at a what I would consider a healthy weight, I still sweat profusely, and it doesn't help that I live out in Austin, Texas, where it's now creeping up to be 100 degrees, 105 degrees, like in August. So, uh, yeah, handsome and sweaty reporting. <laughs> yeah, DC <laughs> DC is getting up there right now. I think it's, it's nice, though, because I'm at a level where if it's like – uh, like if it's high seventies, low eighties, I might get sweaty if I walk up a hill or something, but now it's like 95. So everyone's sweaty all the time. So you're just like, Oh, okay. We're all on the same page now. <laughs> yeah, dude, literally we were walking in between bars this past weekend and I had a sweaty friend. Like we were meeting a group of people who are outside of the bar in their little back area, but I had someone say, Hey man, uh, I'm not willing to go outside again. And especially, you know, you, you ever uh, get into those sweating fits where you, you walk and you don't feel it then, but once you finally sit down, it all catches up with you. Oh yeah, or and once just, you hit some air conditioning. Yeah, and and then like then you go to the bathroom, wipe it off, and then like you, you the heat is just kind of trapped on you at that point. Like it's just just a bad scene. Anyway, I had a sweaty friend this weekend, so I, I appreciated him. Nice, that's good. Um, so you, thanks for you, everyone tuning in to the number one sweat podcast. You didn't think, I was about to say, you didn't think that that intro was going to lead to that, did you? But you struck no, up. No, I didn't. That went a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> um, yeah, you're listening to the number one sweat podcast on iTunes. Um, okay. Um, so Rob, your homework assignment previously was to research both different, uh, different uh, different tactics when like debating or when an argument or a negotiation and also uh, just common day scenarios in which you think you could be in a negotiation or an argument so so what did you find okay so I, I more went on like anecdotal with the anecdotal route so that's fun <clears throat> the best story I've heard recently in terms of master negotiation is Theo Epstein, the general manager of <clears throat> who who is he with now? Or is he with anybody now? No, he works he's with the, he's with the MLB now. Yeah, yeah, he's with the MLB office. But when he was with the Red Sox, maybe you've heard this, they were negotiating with their star pitcher Kurt Schilling. And they went to Kurt's house and like every ten minutes or so, Kurt would get up to use the bathroom, quote unquote. And it turns out that once they finished the negotiation or, or at some point while Theo was still at Kurt's house, he walked back into Kurt's like study area or like office space and opened up was a book called Negotiation for Dummies. <laughs> Did Kurt get a good contract? I mean he got I mean he got re signed. <laughs> like like so That's pretty good. I mean, 
Well, the thing is, they, they wanted him. So, like, they were going to sign him regardless, but I'm sure that he thought he was playing the system. But he's working with a seasoned general manager, agents, and everybody. I, 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 the fact that he thought the negotiation for dummies would um, win, uh, I respect it. That's an unbridled amount of confidence. That's something that we have celebrated on this podcast, that conviction to do it yourself. Um, but, yeah, so that's – that's my first piece of homework research. That's a good one. I like that. Um, the second one's more of a personal anecdote for everyone who's had siblings. Uh, and that is whenever you were, if you hurt your younger sibling and they start crying, the first tactic tactic in your negotiation is hit me back. Don't. Oh mom. yeah. How about we meet in the middle here? How about you hurt me? I act like you've hurt me tremendously worse than I just hurt you. Maybe you laugh. Maybe you realize that you've inflicted pain. But regardless, we don't tell mom. That's a good one. See, you've been on both ends. of. I feel like I've been on both ends of the spectrum as well because you have an older and a younger sibling. I only have an older sibling, but my older sibling is a sister. So for a while, I was Ooh. smaller than her, but I eventually caught up. Um, yeah, you see, and so... My, my sister, her tactic was um, she would do the classic if I was just annoying her. She would just yell that she was hitting me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it became it became a weapon because it turned into a, a boy who cried wolf scenario where yeah. eventually my parents would believe her. So, you know, occasionally I could get away with it if, if I hit her because I'd be like, she does this all the time. She's clearly lying. So she would lie and say you were hitting her? Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. There, there were definitely times where I where I did hit her, but it was not uncommon for her to be like me just, I don't know, doing whatever. Yeah. I remember like one time she said I was like texting too loud. Like that's an actual quote from an argument we had. Um, and like if I was just annoying her in the most minor way, she would just like all of a sudden be like, mom, Matt's hitting me. And I would just be like, what? <laughs> you might as well get your money's worth at that point. Yeah. Like, so. you, if you said it's happening, it's going to happen. You see, for me, it was like a, I, I'd even find myself in like a Russian nesting doll kind of deal where I hit my sister, my younger sister. She cries. I have to use my tactic, hit me back. But in the process of me reasoning with her, bigger brother steps in to protect little sister, gives me the business, and then all of a sudden I'm crying, and then all of a sudden he is trying to get me to hit him back. And then it's just a vicious cycle. <laughs> of just, just a perpetuating cycle of violence. It's just siblings punching each other for three hours straight. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Um, is. Is that homework sufficient for what you are asking? Um, I'll give you I'll give you a B on that one. I'll give you a <laughs> B. Um, now, so what we are going to talk about uh, today is the madman theory, which is a real theory that was used by Richard Nixon in foreign policy when he was president of the United States. Was essentially the theory was if you can make the communist bloc, the USSR, think you're crazy and volatile, then they will avoid pro provoking you and they will like kind of bend to your will. So you don't have to actually be crazy. You just have to act crazy 
And eventually they'll go ahead and be like, okay, we can't mess with this dude. It's it's not the worst. Yeah. I've, so I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard much worse. That actually ha- kind of has some. I I can definitely understand that at least. I feel like so that has some the, actual evidence supporting it. The thing is, like, it sounds like it's good and everything, but then when you hear about the some of the applications, it's kind of scary. So one of them is uh, one of Nixon's chief and inst- chiefs of staff wrote that Nixon told him, "I call it the madman theory, Bob. I want the North v- Vietnamese to believe I've reached the point." Or I might do anything to stop the war. We'll just slip the word to them. For God's sake, you know Nixon is obsessed about communism. We can't restrain him when he's angry. And he has his hand on the nuclear button. Which is a good threat. But when the other people have nukes too, it's not a good that was, position. Yeah, that, was, just... that was my first rebuttal. It's like, if I, if I thought that like North Korea was about to press the button, then yeah, that would just make me be more ready to press the button. Exactly. So, that's what I'm saying. So, there's essentially um, some applications of this. One of them was Nixon wanted to, quote-unquote, indicate the madman was loose. So, he essentially ordered the full military to go on uh, full global war readiness alert. And just had a bunch of bombers fly patterns near the Soviet border for Jesus. And uh, additionally, he was trying to end the Vietnam War. And uh, he essentially just told the president that it's either uh, nuclear weapons or a coalition government. So he either got the red pill or the blue pill. Um, you have to explain to me what a coalition government is. Um, so in my Vietnam, fake laugh there, then I realized I had no idea what you were talking about. So in Vietnam in the North and the South, they were like, the South was, um, the South was democratic and the North was, um, communist. So it's essentially like you guys like come together and put together government and like one party will be ruling. You just got to agree on like what the terms are kind of. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, the funny thing about this is that in hindsight Nixon was also drinking heavily and taking a bunch of sleeping pills so you could argue that he he was actually a madman and it wasn't just uh, let's act like a madman kind of thing yeah uh, it sounds like this theory was thought up probably in result of a drinking and sleeping pill cocktail oh yeah um so, moving forward, we're, we're kind of breezing through the topic because we, we got something else to get to. But, essentially, people say that you could characterize a lot of Donald Trump's behavior towards this. Uh, okay. And I'm not, I'm not going to get political at all with this. But uh, a bunch of academics kind of just said, um, no, that's not Donald Trump intentionally trying to, like, fiend madness or whatever. It's just kind of how he is. It's just, it's just the way he rolls, which is fair. You know, the man wrote the art of the deal. That's true. I mean, yeah, if we're talking about negotiation. I should have just read that entire book before we started. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, different, different criticisms of this, but I don't want to go into that. 
what I want to do is me and you walk through some day-to-day scenarios, okay. or just general life scenarios, that a person in our age demographic or, you know, just people similar to us would come across and how they can try and employ this theory and whether it would be successful or not. Alrighty, I like this little interactive class today. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I have a few written down. First, I think, um, who do, who's the sleaziest kind of person in society? Martin Shkreli. Uh, I'm talking just general occupation. He's, he's yes, he's bad. Sleazy? Yeah. Um... Lobbyist. That's up there, but I was going for car salesman. Yeah, I, okay. That was my first choice, but I thought that might be too on the nose. Well, uh, I, I believe you this time. I believe you. Um, <laughs> Give me credit, so here, please. here, Here's what I'm going to say. You know, okay, so you have you ever purchased a car? No. Neither have I, so this is going to be great. Um so you go into a car dealership and you think this guy is stiffing you and you think he is essentially just trying to uh, try, trying to give you like a bad rate, trying to sign you up for a bad loan or not giving you the rate you want. I think if you just like make a bunch of underlying threats about um, like very subtle threats, um, like damaging the cars... There's no legal implication uh, as long as you don't do it. But I think you could gain something with it. You know, you're like, oh, if like I don't get the uh, the sunroof in my car, it'd be a shame. If, or it really, t- if if I don't get the sunroof in my car, it'd really take the wind out of my sails. You know, or maybe take the air out of some of the tires on these lots. <laughs> so, so, so you're going full Nixon and just actual just threats to the well-being or, or the um, the organization in which you're, you're speaking with? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Do you think there's a better way to do it? Yes. Let's, let's, let's really force them into a corner without, without threatening their property. You say, hey, okay. listen, man, I've recently come across $35,000. Uh... This is my budget. I will not go over it. If you don't sell me this car, I'm going to go buy someone off the human trafficking trade. <laughs> that's that's a really good one. <laughs> so, you can I'm not going to 40. I'm not going to 35 and a penny. But I will go to the black market and buy a human being if you don't sell me this car for $35,000. <laughs> okay. He, that's a very good one. I think, I think his his hands are pretty much tied at that point. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I mean, the only problem so, is both of those options can result in the authorities being called. Um, but 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 we're talking about sleaziness. A car salesman would rather, you know, make commission off a thirty five thousand dollars sale than get the police involved, and he gets to go to bed at night thinking he saved a life. You've really you've really checkmated this man. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, okay, that's a good one. I have this is a true anecdote. Uh, I did not see it personally, but my my favorite teacher in high school, her first day ever teaching. This is a, a scenario in which this was um, the the strategy was implemented to perfection. Nice. A, a kid raises hand, asks to use the bathroom. She's like, uh, we only have five minutes left of class. Like, you, you can wait. The kid just shits his pants in defiance. Like, he purposefully shit his pants in the middle of class on her first day of teaching. And she said, ever since then, everyone is allowed to go to the bathroom whenever yeah, they so want. He was willing to be the madman for all his peers and the future kids uh, beyond him. That's a, that's a hero. Would you put him in the in the same categories as say, you know, like uh, like Gandhi and, and Nelson Mandela? Well, what you got to ask is, geez, for all of them, <laughs> did the lives of those who lived after them, uh, did they benefit from what happened, or I what think that yes. singular person did? And they're all yes. Yeah. Good for that and... kid. Good for that kid. <laughs> Honestly, like, if you were in that kid's high school, do you think you would make fun of him? Or, I mean, probably, yeah. But I think if I if he know. owns it hard enough, like, that's say, that's a baller like, move. Like, if you intentionally shit yourself for the greater good, and, yeah, you just own that. Like, hey, didn't you shit your pants in the first grade? And you say, yeah, I did it for my homies. Like, it's kind of hard to be embarrassed by that. Now, I've been... Uh, in a classroom where the opposite happened, where the kid did not want to shit himself, he sat in it for five minutes until we smelled it, and then it was a whole deal. And then, I mean, until we graduated, like that's, and even now, the only thing I think about this cat is that he shit his pants in the sixth grade. What what level was this at? What do you mean? Like what grade level? Sixth. Okay, I'd like to know this kid was in high school. The kid who purposefully shit his pants. I thought you said first. I thought we were talking about first grade. I thought we were talking about like elementary school no, kids. No, no, it was my teacher's first day of teaching. In high, oh, okay, so that changes a lot of things. Um, so he, wow, he's actually a madman then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. He's okay, not just wow, a, like a, okay. Yeah, I got I, I got to reassess this because I'm thinking it's okay. You know what? This little kid's like, you know what? Screw you, teach. I'm gonna poop my pants. But like, this dude was like. I drove here, and I'm going to shit my pants. Yeah, this kid potentially has, like, a job and, like, a girlfriend and whatnot. Oh, okay, I take it all back. I do not want to be associated. I just, here's the thing. I, I would assume, so I guess his theory worked. To assume that he's a madman, I would assume that. And Without I would, a doubt. I would not associate myself with him ever again. Now, would I reap the benefits of him shitting himself so I could go to the bathroom with three minutes left in class? Yes. But that's that's a kid that should be on a list. Well, here's what I'm going to say. I think, like, we're, we're lucky we got, like, him shitting himself, Madman, because I think the alternative is, like, bring a gun to school. <laughs> I, think... I didn't want to say that, but that's pretty close, dude. That's... Like, that's simply not caring about your own well-being, how you've affected others, kind of like the outward opinion. Like, I feel like shitting yourself is, you're, you're getting to a point. 
That's a level of conviction I respect, though. Like, I would not yeah, be surprised if this true. man was a CEO now. Like, like, <laughs> like, do you think, like, he was like, teacher, please, like, I, or do you think she just said no and just, like, fine, I think I think it was the latter. Honestly, I don't think he begged. I don't think a guy like that is begging. You know? Can you, yeah, true. Like, can you imagine just like looking at your teacher like in the like you just don't break eye contact and you just shit your pants? Oh my god, that's, that's horrifying. Have you ever looked at someone while you shit? It's got to be just no. I haven't. That's I mean, outside of like someone like passing your stall. And you accidentally make it in the crack. <laughs> That's brutal as well. But no, no. Outside of that, no. Um, this dude could here's something I here's something I will say. I feel like, uh, like I said, I think that with this level of conviction, this man might become a CEO, and it's going to be one of those things where it's like, uh, I remember like you'll read some entrepreneur's book and it'll be like, I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur when I sold like popcorn at the state fair when I was like eight or whatnot. Yep. This guy's like, I knew I was destined for greatness when my, when my 10th grade history teacher, Miss King said I couldn't to the bathroom and I fucking showed her. He's it's all like, about I never said, taking no for an answer kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You shit those pants. You know, you know what, uh, John Taffer, his book is called, uh, like don't bullshit yourself. This guy is called bullshit yourself. <laughs> No, it's it's Taffer's entire cover. He just he just taped it. Just shit yourself. Yeah, just a, a black tape, like or a black sticker over that. Could could you kind of like in the same way that like that that one comi- a comedy show uh, rip? They just did bad Starbucks and was able to operate because it's like under parody, like in terms of intellectual property. Like, could you take Taffer's book same cover and do that and say shit yourself like could you theoretically write a few pages and sell it under like parody yeah you would have to write it though i think if you were to just like take most of his stuff you get into like the ip space because he wrote the book true no, but yeah, i think so if the shitter shit himself wrote the story about his high school shitting and the only thing he took was taffer's cover but he just blacked out don't bull and it was just shit yourself. I think that flies. I think it flies as well. I think that definitely flies. And I'm well, not scared to I'm not scared to go against Taffer. Especially I mean, if you're that guy, like you'll just you're in the negotiation room with the lawyers and you just shit yourself. <laughs> like, like if you don't let this happen, I'm gonna do it again. Do what? <laughs> that, and like what can people say to stop you? Yeah, is that like, like you're not taking your clothes off? It's like it's not public indecency. Like, what's the no, charge? No, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything. I think it's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so that's a business venture. We need to get this kid's contact information. We do. Um, speaking of business ventures, I was going to think negotiating wage. Do you think there's a way to implement this in negotiating wage? Ooh. Oh, God. Do you? I'm, I'm, I'm still brainstorming, but I don't want to keep it silent. 
No, I'm brainstorming a little bit too. <laughs> I think I think you just got to threaten to start a rumor about your manager. So you already work for the company. You're just trying to get a raise. Okay, now that's actually a good thing. Let's make it so you don't work for the company. So you've just been offered. You, like, yeah. Okay. I think not even like a funny way, but like make them think that like you have like weirdly dedicated your entire life to be this like lower level analyst. It's like you don't senior analyst. Like, senior analyst. <laughs> <laughs> like I think just saying like how like you need this job to breathe and give you purpose and thus that justifies a higher wage so like basically acting insane like um coming off and saying that you'll work the holidays and but like you like working holidays even more um, yeah I think that's doable I think it's more so like <laughs> If you if you just come across as uh, insane to the point, it'd be like I'll fight any competitor. Like say like say you're working for your offer is Coca Cola. If you're like if I see a person if a person tells me they'll work for Pepsi, it's fade on sight. Like <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I don't think that gets you the higher wage. I don't just that's true. <laughs> I don't think you can have that written into your contract like, to be like, like I think you have to freak the recruiter out that like you take this job, like you're like almost addicted to it, like it's crack. Like I think like, like I'm scratching my neck right now because I'm not running reports. I think you can also be like, okay, not necessarily like the my mission in life is like or I'm gonna fight someone in Pepsi, but say this is an offer at Coca-Cola. You got to be like, every day I wake up and I think of how I can destroy Pepsi. I think about how I can crush RC Cola. Fresca's trash. And just like go off and be like, listen, I'm even going after alcohol distributors too. Those people just fueling sinners full of nightmare fuel every weekend. They should be wiped off the face of the earth. And just like, just talk like that essentially. And I think at that point, if you're going to be like, and I think something that'd make it better is if you gave me ten thousand more dollars, like salary. I think that would be a convincing pitch. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Basically, Coca-Cola knowing that they have a henchman at any time, I think that's worth another ten yeah. k. <laughs> Imagine like you you're the manager hiring that guy and you interview him and he just like seems like a nice kid and then they're like he asked for more wage and they're like why is that and then they show you the transcript it's like he threatened to uh wage war on pepsi and not rest until every single uh employee at that organization was out on the street so we had to take him yeah i mean i gotta take that guy <laughs> and as of today five pepsi executives have died Due to unrelated causes. Um, okay, so I think that's a good one. Um, here's one I've thought of for a while, and I'm curious to hear your take on this. So, okay. you're going to get mugged, and the person doesn't have a knife or a gun. They just come out, they shove you, and they're like, give me all your stuff. and Or like they hold you up against a wall or whatever. Fear boner. Um, yeah, no, well... That's honestly a good one. If if you just if you made it real real sexual, uh, there, there's definitely a possibility that they would uh, like 
not want to, but I've always said that if like they're five feet away and you just take off your shirt and you're and you're like, whoa, I've been waiting a week for this, and you just are super excited about it, then that person might back away. Yeah, no, I if I ever approached someone and they said I've been waiting all week for this, I would definitely hesitate. Um, or and also just if they got naked. Yeah, naked's pretty. That's pretty straightforward. Like, you really got to want... The thing is, though, if they're trying to take your stuff and you get naked, maybe they just maybe they just get a little quick push and just grab your That's pants. true. That's that's definitely... A, yeah, I think take off the shirt's about as far as you can go here. Oh, man, maybe swallow it now. Let's say maybe swallow it. Like <laughs> swallow your wallet? Yeah. Just... Honestly, at that point, I'd just be like, wow, that's impressive. Do you work for the circus? <laughs> or... I mean, you could just put the wallet or the valuable, you know, maybe maybe in the crack, so they have to reach in and grab it if they really want it, and they're gonna That's have true. poop particles on them. <laughs> You're putting poop dollar to a to a new level. And think, yeah, and like, wow, dude, people accidentally grab a poop dollar. You are willingly taking multiple poop dollars. You can just bully him. Yes, there we go. True madman, you impose your will on him. Like, yeah, just bully the hell out of this. What's guy. up, Mister Poop Dollar? What's up? <laughs> come, come get this poop dollar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, here's one. You take out your dollars, you wipe with it, and then you're like, "You want it now?" <laughs> <laughs> That's like the move when, like, uh. Like someone, when a little kid is like eating a cookie or something and you like in elementary school, you're like, can I have a little bit of your cookie? And then they just like lick it everywhere or something. They're like, do you want it now? Yeah, that's. It's kind of genius. Wait, it's so maybe to get real proactive about this, to kind of almost keep yourself in a madman theory mindset you know, every day, so you're never taken advantage of, maybe every single bill you get, you should just immediately wipe your ass with it. So if you don't have the chance to in the moment, you can say, yo, sorry, but these all got my shit on them. <laughs> See, I think I think you're running a risk, though, of, you know, if you haven't changed bills lately or it just dries up and just kind of looks like a run-of-the-mill crusty dollar, then he might not believe that. He's going to be like, okay, yeah, dude, you... you you wiped your dollar with shit. Like, yeah, but at least you may not have that dollar anymore, but at least you have the, 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 the at least your shit is on that man's yeah, hands. No, like, even if he doesn't believe you like, yeah, that dude just got poop dollar. <laughs> like, yeah, he may have taken my wallet, but he got poop dollared hard as fuck, bro. So who's the real winner? I guess the real concern about being madman all the time is like a method acting thing. Like Jim Carrey, you don't know when to stop. Yeah, also, what if you go to a strip club? <laughs> a pink eye outbreak. Oh, that's so disgusting. <laughs> okay, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> the madman theory. It's, it's already creeping in. I think, I think there's one last venue we should explore, and okay. I think we've all tried this in one way or another. And that's like getting your roommate to do something. Like, don't get me wrong, even if you have a good roommate, you have your disagreements and whatnot about like, 
what should be clean or whatnot. Um, and I think, like, say someone's, like, not, like, someone hasn't cleaned the, the dishes or whatever in a few days, you are just like, okay, man, that's cool, super passive-aggressively. And then he's like, wait, man, and then you just walk into your room, you close the door, and you just start blaring death metal and screaming as loud as hell. I'm gonna kill somebody! <sighs> There's no way the dishes don't get done immediately after that. <laughs> or you just, you play a bunch of, like, a bunch of music that the lyrics explicitly talk about, like, harm and hurting someone. Um, what, what was that mean from a while back? It's like, uh, um, this, like, d- death metal singer was found to have, like, a bunch of, like, human skulls in his basement and, like, guns and whatnot. And, like, his number one song was, like, I have skulls in my basement or something <laughs> like that. Like, you play that kind of music. Um... I was thinking additionally, if like, so if no one's doing the chores, you just do all the chores, but you do them entirely naked when he's there. Not a bad idea. I feel I feel like because we're using I feel like we're using our nudity a little too uh, frivolously. Well, I think when you th- when you think of a when you think of a madman, I think nudity is definitely in the cards. It's fair. I think, like, with the straightest of faces, if there's one singular dirty dish, you take that dish. You slam it on the ground. Only one. Then you clean it up. Like, hey, man, what was that? He goes, oh, well, I just assumed if it's not clean, we don't need it. And then from that point on. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God. Everything's going in the dishwasher immediately. Damn. That's actually insane. (laughs) I actually had a really good idea for a prank, um, and feel free to use this, but I, I thought of ordering some, um, some prop mugs, like, you know, like move, like prop glass that you can break, like you can like throw against a wall and it's no big deal or whatever. Yeah. I really just wanted to like, like one day just be like drinking coffee out of it. And then when I'm done, just baseball pitch it against the wall. <laughs> that would be like so I mean yeah I guess you can still drink stuff out of it like I'm just worried about the frailty of like a hot coffee being in that mug uh uh so uh, that's a good point I'm sure you can put some stuff in it I'll drink something out of it and then I'll just baseball pitch it against the wall You'd be like, 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 what would you fake get mad at in that moment? Or not even get mad at, like, would you say anything before you did it? <laughs> would you just stand okay. up and walk out of the room? Here's the thing. Whenever you have a problem, you can break out one of those mugs whenever you're having an argument. Ooh, I just have a couple on retainer. Yeah, exactly. And just, like, when you're, when you, you might not even be that mad, but when you want to prove a point... <clears throat> Just go ahead and spike one of those babies on the ground mid sentence. But, but to make sure they're not like on your, you know, they're not uh, on your trail or figuring out what you're doing there. Like you need to figure out different ways to break it. Like one needs to be on your head when you've reached like just that absolute just peak. Like of this is true anger. Just dome one. Oh yeah, 
that that's powerful. You're you're like this man is mad for sure. <laughs> um, in that case, do you have any venues of society you would like to explore, and where the madman theory might work? Ooh, <clears throat> madman theory. Ooh. I feel like at any concert, like. A very small, you know, like a tight space, like a, a sporting event where you're or like in a bar. Basically, when you're just trying to move past that next person, I feel like showing that you're just slightly crazier than they are, I feel like they will give you their space in line. Because it's just not worth it in that moment. But I feel like it, yeah. that's one of the most effective places it could be. How do you, How do you do it in that space, though? Do you just yell, I love cocaine, or something? Yeah, I don't know how you would do it. Um, yeah, that's a very short time to... I mean, if if you can do it, it definitely works. I just think it's a short time I feel time like you just start talking to yourself. Like, hey man, can I get can I get uh, by you? Ah, oh, nah man, I was in line. Okay, and like immediately look, look down and just kind of like shake a little bit and just start talking to yourself. Like, don't do it, Rob. Don't do it, Rob. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm like, a okay, yeah, one. you got it, bro. You, you got it. I uh, I frequently get in arguments at concerts because, um, not because I'm uh, like a violent person or whatnot, but because I am 6'4", uh, people often like complain that they're behind me or whatnot, and usually if the venue isn't that packed, like if people are like trickling in or getting there early, I'll let them in front, but sometimes like midway through the concert, people will come and just like... It's usually, like, a few girls will come and start, like, shoving my back or whatever. And I will... I will be, like... <laughs> I will yell very unsavory things at people. And then they never bother me again for the rest there of the go. night. There we go. Impose your will. Exactly. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's, like... If you're going to let, like, one person through at that point, you got to let everyone through. And I feel yep. like I'm courteous enough in the beginning where you got to draw a line in the sand somewhere. Dude, here's a way that you could do it without talking to any of them. You just shit your pants. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no one's going to get near me then. <laughs> and you know what? It, since you're standing then, what you can do is you just put your pant leg over their shoe and just shake oh, it a little. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> It's the ultimate alpha move. Oh man. Okay. We've gotcha. We've talked enough about shitting and getting naked to win arguments. And this is all because yeah. Truman, not Truman, Nixon wanted to be crazy for the Vietnamese. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. I mean, I think uh, we should go ahead and do lessons then. Uh, uh, so, to put you on the spot real quick, what lesson do you think you've learned? Lesson that I've learned is that we're we just aren't exploring the full range of negotiation tactics. Because I feel like some of these, maybe not shitting yourself, maybe not getting fully naked, but some of them would work. And I think... A, at a surprising rate. And so, I kind of get where Nixon was coming from. Yeah, I was going to say my lesson is that 
if your roommate isn't doing dishes, just start breaking dishes. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. I, I'm glad I taught you something. That was with, I think that would be incredibly effective. Um, all it takes is one. But, but I do think at the end of the day, it's like we need to get a little crazier with our bargaining chips. Maybe, maybe Nixon should have released uh, his own bat bomb. <laughs> maybe he should have. I mean, can you imagine? Think, it's I, like imagine like if you threaten that, like that was just like some internal discussions we were having. Imagine if you threatened that, would you be taken seriously? Um, I, I think yeah. I mean, I, oh yeah, for sure. For the listeners who don't know what we're referencing, go back and listen to the bat bomb episode. Actually, one of our best episodes. That was, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um. I mean, if you're like, your country is going to burn down and we have evidence that it is going to happen, like, yeah, I think that without a doubt is something you use. Yeah, so um, once again, I think Nixon may have been onto something. Gotcha. Well, in that case, Rob, I'm going to assign you some more homework. Hit me. I want you to do some research on reptiles as pets. Ooh. Yeah, a little interesting. Reptiles as pets. <clears throat> gotcha. So, in that case, thank you everyone for listening. Go like, subscribe, share on social media. We're, we're getting some followers. We're getting some more likes. Things are going well. There we go. Uh, oh, and so. congrats, congrats to Professor Matt for going viral on TikTok once again. Thank you. Go thank follow you, Matt on TikTok. You. It's pretty solid content. Maybe I should do some more history-related content. Once we actually start um, re- recording ourselves like on Zoom, we should probably start putting some stuff on there. But Without a doubt. Um, so, as always, thank you for listening. I'm Matt Schanowski, and I'll talk to you guys later. Peace!